Welcome to Dudes of Beers Podcast, episode 47. I am Joe, and joining me are my co-hosts, Matt. Matt. And Darren. Darren. Please visit DWBShow.com for all links. On this show, we, we will be discussing Tesla could have a working humanoid robot by September of this year, 2022. Uh, buildings with a solar skin. Uh, Ford to move all EV sales online. The DeLorean Alpha 5. Uh, Biden uses the Defense Protection Act to boost U.S. solar production and Toyota's portable hydrogen cartridge prototype. That thing's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. What are we drinking? Space food. Man. This is from Warped Wing, and they have it what, made it in what, two, two year, years? Yeah, two, well, two or three, yeah. So it's a You seven, said I checked it in two years ago? Two years ago, yep. So 20? it's a seven, mm-hmm. 7% ABV. It's an American Indian Pale Ale. Made in Dayton, Ohio. Did you read that description on there? Uh, I can't. They always have a cool thing yeah. on. on well, th- well, this was like, I don't know. They don't do this for every beer now. I mean, they do it for some, like right. the barrel aged stuff. But this one was always one of my favorite beers because it, one, it's an IPA. It's very oh, hoppy, yeah. very, very hop hoppy. forward, and the story that's on it. <clears throat> it says, "Excuse me." <clears throat> In seconds, the ship will self-destruct. Oh no, Gus, <laughs> the ship's computer. Has seized control. A mutiny. Our hero captain seizures or secures the payload, a monolithic essence from the planet Hops. Ooh, the planet Hops. And escapes unscathered in a can shaped pod. Can shaped pod. (laughs) Space food, American Indian Pale Ale, a galaxy of citra. Vic Secret and Mosaic Hops in mm. every sip. Eat that, Gus. Gus. Isn't that Hitchhiker's Galaxy? Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's just, so the last time they made this, it was 16-ounce four-pack. Mm. This was before they switched to, to well. going to 12-ounce. Um, that's how long ago it was. And I, I think the last time I had it, um, well, the last time I took a picture of it, I think, believe it was on the deck at the old house, I remember. Uh, I, I took a picture of it around this time of year. But, yeah, for whatever reason, they, they, they had to be selective on what beers, as I understand it, uh, I could be wrong, they had to be selective on what beers they brewed because they don't have the capacity to brew everything that they've ever brewed before. And they were brewing a lot of new stuff the last couple of years, a lot of good new stuff. Yeah, but now they, ha- they, have the, they have the new locations. They have more room to store stuff for cans and things like that. So, as I understand it, that's why... They burn it by. I'm glad because I like Gamma Bomb, but I always like space food better than Gamma Bomb. Well, I like it. I like the aftertaste after it. You, you yeah. still get that nice, those <laughs> piney, hoppy notes. Yeah, it's just. Uh, so the last time I checked it in was July 28th of 2018. But so that, you can't while. you can't go on that because I don't. You may not have checked it. I in. don't check. Like check in I've had like 14, 13 or 14 check-ins of it just because. I've checked it in every year. They've made it a few times because I'll usually buy it a couple times when it's limited. So um, April is going to get me a case of it. So if you guys want a six-pack, I'll have them maybe um, by – I should have them in a a week or two. Did you get the email? Yes. Okay. So I was like, why did they send it this thing? So Dan and I are in the Flyers Club, which is like the the Workwing Flyers Club, which – we get like notifications for new beer releases and we get to go pick them up before general public. But they sent the notification like at 10 a.m. that it was releasing that day. Right. And I was like, well, crap. I mean, luckily she was working. So, mm. but I was like, uh, yeah, I want to get a, I want to get a case of it because 
that is definitely one of it is my favorite IPA that they've ever made. Yes. Um, and it's one of my, I mean, it's just it's not like there's nothing super special about it. It's just a nice hoppy. It's got a good pro, flavor profile. It's easy to drink at, even at seven percent. Mm-hmm. I just it was one of those first like very hop forward but balanced and not like you know super you know wasn't so hoppy that you were just like Ugh. um is is one of, and it's probably it's not one like of the truth yeah i mean truth can be a little harsh oh on the yeah finish. this one is definitely not that way mm. what do you got matt i'm drinking mad tree midwest luau tropical ipa That's pretty good, good not bad it was like a five nine uh i don't know like the back, like, it's kind of hard to see anything with the way they did the can. I was looking for it. Yeah, no, I couldn't no, find no. the ABV on it. I think it was super high, but uh, it's pretty tasty. Yeah. Pretty nice. And then I have an Urban Artifact. So we're drinking all of the local beers tonight. Um, this is a peaches and cream, but it's nitro. So it's a fruit tart, but it's an, it's it's a, and they actually have this new, like, little nitro. It says nitro pour. Uh, logo on it. I know it's kind of probably hard to see because it's reflective, but yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I saw that. So whenever what I've been told, and it seems to work every time I've tried it, is if it's a nitro beer, you want to pour it super hard. You don't want to be gentle with it like you would a normal carbonated beer because the nitro doesn't build the head like a regular regular CO2 does. So you want to pour it hard so that you get some of that, that head, and especially with this one. But this one is, um, it says this nitro fruit tart has a half of a peach and three dashes of vanilla in each can. <laughs> um, the quintessential summer delight. Real peaches blend into a creamy whirlwind of vanilla bean and nitrogen. Raccoons are quite the little foragers. Their name <laughs> derives from a Powhatan word. Is that Native American? Mm-hmm. Meaning animal that scratches with its hands. Hmm. This is a nitro fruit tart. Open the can and pour vigorously into a glass. Yeah, I don't know what the, <laughs> what the raccoon uh, has to do with it, but uh, the raccoon, little raccoon eating a peach. Hmm. Is that Rocky Raccoon? Trash panda. It's a trash panda. Rocket. Um, that's funny because we went to uh, Lumineers concert on Tuesday night at, at Riverbend downtown Cincinnati on the river, and like right before the show starts, before the opening act came on. There was a raccoon in the pavilion. Like, in this pavilion, it's probably 30 feet. Mm-hmm. The ceiling's probably 30 feet up. And they've got the some of the big-ass fans, like the, you know, probably 20-foot fans, like three or four of those in there, just to circulate air. But it's all steel girder, like steel beam construction with a steel roof. <laughs> this this freaking raccoon is walking across the beams. And some of them are angled down because they're like crushes. Mm-hmm. And he's this, he grabs it and he was just sliding to the next one. We walk down, get on the next girder. It was so funny. Everybody was like looking up watching this raccoon. It was and, hilarious. Did it fell into the fan. It there, did not. It did not. Like, I don't know where he ended up going, but he was up hmm. there though for a lot of, a big part of the show at least. That's, that's pretty funny. That's that's that was my exciting thing for the last two weeks, seeing a, a raccoon climbing through the, the steel girders of the of the concert venue. But uh, yeah, Lumineers one of my favorite band. I'm glad I got to see them in person finally. It was an awesome concert. Uh, Camp C A A M P uh, is like a folk um, band from Columbus. 
I didn't know they were from Columbus. And they opened, and I've been listening to them all week. Like, they're they're amazing. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of 21 Pilots before they were, like, got big and were discovered. That's how they are right now. Like, huh. very super small following, but they're super cool, and their music is awesome. So if you haven't listened to Camp, C-A-A-M-P yet, go check them out. <laughs> um, Columbus, uh, Ohio natives. Uh, super cool. They played a... They played a set, and then they actually came back out and sang a Tom Petty song with the Lumineers cool. nor- towards the end of the show, which was uh, which is really cool. What about you guys? We've been up to the last two weeks. My daughter turned nine. Nine? Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of weird to say it. Yep, she turned nine. So we had a little party. It was good. Awesome weather. Great it weather. It was. Yeah. Pretty nice day. Great weather. Great company. Got these two guys to come out, hang out a little bit. But that was it my was. exciting thing, celebrating her turning nine. Awesome. What about you, sir? Nothing special? Nope. You've been uh, taking these last couple of weeks, I hope. Nothing. Nope. Pool's open. Pool's open. Mowing grass. I mean. Did you just... finish getting your under under deck wrap done? Uh, uh, no. Yeah, that is one thing you did before. You were just yeah. uh, boarding. You just... Raise the wall. Yeah, I extended the wall. It looks three, super, looks three super rows. good. It looks super yeah. good. Is that three rows you put it up? Yeah. So it's even all the way across till it comes out from underneath. So <clears throat> that way, when I do my backside, it'll all be the same when I block that in. So. Awesome. First up from Interesting Engineering, Tesla could have a working humanoid robot by September of this year, says Elon Musk, which, you know, he says crap all the time, yeah. right? Do I believe it? No, absolutely not. No way. Um, so he recently tweeted that the Tesla AI day, so we had the first Tesla AI day, it was the first one, right? Or was that the second one last year? Um, I think it was the first one. But anyway, they're going to do another one this year, but it was postponed. They were going to do it in August. Now they're going to do it at the end of September, September 30th. Because he said they have hopes of unveiling a working Optimus prototype, which is going to be the humanoid robot that they announced. Um, was that at Cyber? No, that was last AI day, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That he announced that. Um, and it says with, uh, <laughs> you know, they talk about um, Optimus or Optimus Subprime. That's the name of the <laughs> robot. Is a bipedal humanoid robot that Musk teased during Tesla AI day in la- last August. Um, so August 2021, uh, it's his vision of a bot that could take on all the boring, repetitive tasks that humans would rather not do. Yeah, I guess. Um, and it says, just when you thought this was another absurd fictional idea that would fade away into oblivion. Remember the robotic snake style chargers that they, for the (laughs) Teslas, remember those? Um, Musk reminded everyone that the Tesla bot, of of the Tesla bot at the grand opening of their, the Giga Texas, which was a couple months ago. And it says version one of Optimus will hopefully start production in 2023. Man, like the, they got the semi, they've got the the Cybertruck, Cyber the new Roadster. Now this all like I don't think it's gonna happen. Like yeah, but like, it's all kind of different divisions too. It is I mean, well, like, not really because this is using. They said it's gonna use the full self driving right. chip and the same AI modeling that they're using for the for the cars. So, but again, they're reusing it, so they don't right. have to do a bunch of new work. But all of the motors and actuators and stuff for this robot are going to be 
they don't haven't ever done anything like that before. So I, I would have thought that they would have been able to get more than a 45 pound lifting capability out of it. So 45 carrying right. 150 squat. squat, but it's only going to weigh 125 pounds. Right. I mean, think what? about, yeah. think about if you, but like if you, if it's I something, missed that. if yeah. something happens to it and you've got to move it, like 125 pounds is going to be pretty heavy. It'll probably take For, a couple people. Huh? What? What are you what? talking about? 125 pounds? I'd pick it up right now. Of dead well, I'm weight? Just saying, of dead I'm weight. just saying, like me, like us, we could, but not everyone can do that. Well, they need to learn fireman <laughs> carry. Not everybody has old man strength like uh, us. Not everyone has a 78-pound <laughs> six-year-old either. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, Musk says it will be able to do basically anything humans don't want to do. Like I don't know why he keeps saying that. It's like... Well, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna take out the. That's his goal, right? The social, yeah, when you're just standing out of line picking up parts, yeah. you know, or something, something that's so like mundane I, I mean, that they can't automate. Can it walk my dog and mow my grass? Probably, and, you know, definitely walk the dog. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you want it? <clears throat> is it worth forty to fifty thousand dollars or whatever the stupid amounts? And that's be? probably what it'll be in the beginning. But they do say so. Like this all rem- like brings me back and reminds me of Isaac Asimov, and like the three laws of robotics and so- all of the books. Like I I've, I haven't read everything that he wrote, but I've read you know when I was younger, I read a lot of his um, uh, paperbacks and stuff. I don't know if you guys ever did, but wow. like I am uh, I am robot. Like that was based off of a oh wow. Isaac Asimov book. Um, Great movie. But he says that, Is that the same as I robot. I'm sorry, iRobot. What okay. did I say? You said I am, I am Robot. No, I am Robot was okay. the Will Smith one, yes. right? No, no I, iRobot was the Will Smith one. And so was, uh, what am I thinking of? I am Robot. No, I am Robot. I don't know. What don't know the one that was like the head. end of the world when he's, when he's with the dog. What is that oh, one? That's, I am Legend. I am Legend. That's what I, oh, I, okay. I confused the two, sorry. Both Will Smith movies. <laughs> yeah, that um, just slapped you right in the face, didn't it? Did. It did. Um, it is, so... <laughs> So he said, it's going to bring an age of abundance. It may be hard to imagine, but as you see Optimus develop and we will make sure it's safe, no Terminator stuff, it will transform the world to a degree even greater than the car, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, right? I mean, because we're starting to see this whole transition to electric vehicles, electric charging, renewable energy. Some people say, you know, that's being forced upon us, whatever, you know, but it's, it's been happening for years. We've, we're just like, we're at that tipping point, right? Especially with gas prices and things like that. People are like, you know, maybe I should buy an electric car, my next, my next vehicle. Maybe, no, they shouldn't. No. <laughs> um, you don't want people to buy electric cars? They're expensive. Well, that's you're, why you're not we need saving more. money by buying an electric car. You're just not filling up with well, expensive we need, gas. Well, we need, ex- we need less expensive options, right? Yes, I agree. But with your options now, they are very expensive. Yeah, yeah. you're not gonna. Yeah, so, you're gonna. You're not. It's gonna be <laughs> twice as what you would pay for. Gas yeah, gas because gas. I was like Elizabeth, check out this BMW. It's bad. All the new one, the SUV. And then she was like, "Oh, that thing's awesome. How much is it?" I said, "Oh, it starts at a <laughs> hundred." <laughs> well, I mean, the cheapest. Model three is still what, like forty five, forty six. Now with the year price increases, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's not cheap, and it's not you know, the average car I think is what like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, new. Is it? Yeah, I think so. It might be a little bit more now with uh, the shortage and everything. Like a little paint 
Pacer or Chevette? Just just the average new car price that that people buy, like a Rav Four. Mm. A Rav Four is like twenty four, twenty five really? for for yeah. base standard. Ford no. Fusion's about twenty four thousand. Yeah, like a an Accord, mm. probably around that. Buy a Ford Fusion, get the get the Ford. Oh, uh, the crate motor, crate the motor. crate, the electric crate motor, and make your engine. own EV or motor is motor. Yeah, you could. Um, so like, you know, he says this stuff all the time. Do I think it's going to be next year? I don't think so. No. But I mean, this I could year, be wrong. Into this year, yeah. Could could he have a working prototype? A completely working prototype. And not the end of this year. Yes. Oh yeah, I think he could have a prototype. Just like he has a working prototype of the Roadster. Yeah. Working prototype of the Semi. But he said they of, were going to start production know, of it next year. Which seems a little aggressive. But could you define? Can you de- define production as small as yeah. I'm making five a year? Is that production? No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, so what? What do you? Well, do, what, it's what's not, production? Maybe, it maybe, is production, maybe but a, it's not mass production. Maybe a f- thousand a month. That would be production in my. I don't know, man. They're turning those those Starlink satellites out like. I mean, I'm not words. saying they couldn't do it. I mean, they they know how to do it at, at this point. The pro- the thing I think is interesting, and they talk about this a little bit more down in in the in the article, is the parts that they are reusing. So they're going to reuse they're going to use similar cameras that they're using in the cars. They're going to use the same uh, processing unit that they're using in the cars, and they're going to use um, the AI, the software that the cars use for full self driving. Now I'm sure they'll have to fork it, and they'll have to do some specific tuning because it's not a car. And they'll have to train it in a different way, more than likely. That's what I'm interested in. So here's the thing is, like, what people don't understand is when you create an artificial intelligence or a machine learning algorithm model, whatever you want to call it, for a specific uh, use case, you're trying to achieve X, right? That may be you want to identify a cat. Like, you show, you show a model Millions of pictures, and you want it to be able to pick out all the pictures that have a cat in you it. You don't need to. Huh? You don't need to. What do you mean? He's already had the solution. No, no, I'm just saying. No, no, no. no, no. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about. I, I know what like, you're trying to talk about that. But, but I'm just saying they've already done a lot of the work but, through the. Any, Tesla but, has so much data from all of the people that have been in the full self driving beta. That data is not important. What do you mean? <laughs> Listen to me. Ah, oh, it's on the wrong <laughs> setting. Daggone it. <laughs> Anyways. But you didn't let me finish my point. Oh, finish your point. So I'm saying, like, if when you're training AI, you're doing an ML, so artificial intelligence, you're training an artificial intelligence, trying to create an artificial intelligence, or you're training a machine learning model to do something specific, like be able to pick a cat out of pictures. Like, this is very basic, like, we can do that all the, all the time now. Like, we can do a lot more than that. The thing is, is, like, once the AI gets good enough, adapting it to some, another use case, which is sort of relevant, like, you're talking about the AI that they're using in the cars to do the full self-driving, so it needs to be able to, be able to, it needs to, be able to pick out the edge lines, street signs, traffic signals, people, other vehicles. Switching that to the robot to be able to pick out a chair, a table, a door, a human, it's not a big leap. They've already done 80% of the work. So it, it's very feasible that it's, this could be a lot faster iteration than the car 
full self-driving for the car because they've already done so much work. That's what I was getting at. Okay. Where are you getting at? I'm getting at it's going to be even better than what you're talking about because they have better data. Yeah. And they will have better data when Neuralink finally goes to human trials because what is the best computer in the world? You're, the human brain is the yeah. fastest. And Currently, think yeah. about the Neuralink. It can link to these, yeah. and you can show this robot. This is this is how I do it, and it learns that way. I mean, any yeah. any mundane thing, it can just be transferred. Yeah. No, I, you're right, and that's what I'm saying is like. Mm-hmm. Am I grasping at souls? It is. Matt, it's just science. <laughs> that's the thing is. What is the hardest part here? Is it building the physical robot? I don't think so. Like, no, the, like, no, because look at look at how Boston when, Dynamics. Like they right. even talked about Boston Dynamics in this article. They with the uh, the the what do they call the dog? dog it's not, yeah, I don't it's know. not called the dog anymore. Maybe it is, but Marquez has done a bunch know, of videos on it. Crap out of that and thing. like you can push it and it can stabilize. Like the tech is there for the hardware. That's I'm not saying it's easy, but it's the easier part. The software to get the thing to do what you want it to do is the hard part. And Tesla is already like way ahead on that point because of the, they have so much data they've collected from the cars. Even if you're not doing full self-driving, you're just a normal Tesla owner and you use autopilot. Like that data is being sent back to Tesla and it's being analyzed. It's being, um, they're, they're looking at, they're looking for patterns. They're looking to make, the autopilot better, the full self-driving better. Like it's, it's an exponentially increasing scale every time they make that model better and they can iterate it on it so quickly. Now that's why when they got rid of the radar and went full camera vision, think about it. Like the robot's probably not going to have radar. It's going to have, it might, it could radar. They did file a patent for some kind of new radar technology, yeah. but I don't know if it was going to be for the cars or not. They, hmm. I, don't, I, I seen an article. I didn't read it, so I don't know the details. But is it feasible? Yeah, but anything Elon has ever said is never – he's never met a deadline. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the only reason that I'm skeptical. Because yeah, but, but he's also done the unthinkable through oh, yeah. SpaceX and, oh, you'll never land a rocket. Okay, they, they landed it, you know. Over and over and over. But yeah. as as for the the integration of their parts going into other things, if you think back to when COVID happened and we they were running low on all the um, machines and stuff, and they were like, okay, we'll, we'll build stuff with what we have. Yeah. And they did. So I don't see the hardware being a big deal, and I don't see the software being a big deal, but getting it to what – yeah. He's doing it. You you can, you know, Arlo has a, a robot at home that I can control with a joystick. Right. You know, and it has some pre-programmed stuff in it. And I can I mean, see that too where, like, if something were to happen to this thing, you could control it with your app or your phone mm-hmm. if you weren't able to lift 125 pounds right. or if you wanted it to do something super specific that it didn't just didn't understand, like, you could manually do it. I don't know. Hmm. Um and it's so he said uh musk mentioned that it could replace humans but it won't pose a threat since the controls will be decentralized as you see optimus develop everyone's going to make it everyone's going to make sure it's safe he said that it would be designed that if something were to go wrong 
humans would be able to outrun or overpower it. Why would you even say that? Like that, like that just does not what people want to hear. Yeah, is like, that's oh, you can, vibes. Because they said it's only gonna go. It's only gonna be able to go about five miles per hour. Like, what? What can a human run? Like seven or eight? Mm, run? Well, yeah, way faster than way that. Way faster. Than okay. That. Yeah. But that's that's what it said. So. It said that um, well, some some humans can. Run well, it. yeah, yeah, that's true. We should we should clarify. Like, like let me clarify. <laughs> if you see me running, I'm, I'm like I'm, running. Yeah, you better run because <laughs> I don't run. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, it's slated to be about five foot eight inches tall, weigh one hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, it will be manufactured of lightweight materials, light lightweight materials, uh, equipped with human level hands and two axis feet for balance. Um, it says that the robot was being purpose, purpose, proposed for non-automotive ro- robotic use, which meant it would operate via AI, executing commands to the company's Dojo Advanced Neural Network, a supercomputer interface that helps Tesla vehicles navigate through roads and streets. You you said not uh, for the auto. Yeah, which and, is weird. And, and yeah. something just popped into my head, and I cannot remember what movie it was from, but... The guy gets in the taxi and it's this clackety robot that turns around and asks him where they go. And I just, I have this vision in my head, but I cannot remember what movie that was out of. Uh, older movie? Yeah. Because hmm. it was like a New York, New York uh, style cab. Oh, like the old, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I, I, it just, I don't know, random. Memories just pop in here sometimes. Out to it'll it'll come to me. Um, it says the robot's head will be equipped with the same autopilot cameras that are built into the vehicles. Its face will be a screen for useful information. It will be able to carry uh, forty five pounds, deadlift one hundred and fifty pounds, and move at a maximum speed of five miles per hour. Um, the robot's movement will be powered by forty electromechanical actuators, including twelve in the arms, hands, and legs, as well as two in the torso and two in the neck. And it will be equipped with the Tesla full self-driving computer for intelligence. If they get this technology to the point that amputees could have the Neuralink and be able to and control be able to control a full appendages arm and stuff or a full leg, I mean, yeah. think of the possibilities that this could open. Oh yeah, up. I mean. Neuralink and or this or a combination of the two, like it's crazy. Like we're like we've been thinking about this stuff and reading about it forever, and we might actually like we're probably going to see it in our lifetime because of him. I mean, just think think back when you were a kid, not that long ago. Well, that long ago, but that not though. Watching Dick Tracy talking on his watch. Oh yeah, or Star Trek. I I can talk on my watch. Was the taxi thing from Fifth Element? Was it? When when they tried to come to his apartment or whatever, and she remember she falls and no. falls on the top of the car. Yeah, um, but that that's his car. He turned around. But the taxi was from. Yeah, else. I don't know. It was a it was an automated driver, and he just turned around, and it's like, how can I help you or something like that? <laughs> I, I just, and then he takes over and starts driving or something. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to look it up. It might be. It might be when remember. he when he jumps in because his car was. Yeah, they, he didn't. He, he, he had to jump out of the window or something because, yeah. I don't know. It'd be awesome if anyway. someone, like, you know, comments and tells Squirrel. us what movie it is. <laughs> um, 
It says that uh, he mentioned that Musk mentioned that he believed the cost for a robot would be less than that of a car, though the cost will be higher until manufacturing catches up to economies of scale. Um, and he says that we'll see rapid rapid growth year over year of the useful, usefulness of the robots and decrease in cost scaling up production, he said. Um, there are predictions that the robot could cost $10,000 or far more. I mean, I think in the beginning it's going to be far more than that. Yeah. But there could also be a one-time upfront fee and then a monthly subscription fee, which that could help offset it. Which I could, I could see them doing that. Like, you you buy it, but then you have to pay a monthly fee for it to get updates, and you know, kind of like the premium connectivity we had. Was it ten dollars a month or whatever after the first first year? Yep, and I just had to renew mine. Yeah, mine's coming the next month. Um, um, so it just thinking about this and and it helping out stuff we do all the time and everything. And I just thought back to to the movie Wally, and you know, oh, yeah. and everybody gets super super fat, and yep. they can't do anything. Another bones themselves. don't connect anymore and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so we talked about this, I think, a few podcasts ago about the TED. Uh, I think there, you know, or maybe I think we mentioned it. Yeah. But so there was a TED interview, a couple of them actually, where they interviewed him, and they talked about a lot of things, not just this, but um, he said that. They, you know, talked about Boston Dynamics and the possibility of making a compelling humanoid robot. Um, we were, we're ways from seeing robots with the AI capacity to help with tasks around the home. The things that are currently missing are enough intelligence for the robot to navigate the real world and do useful things without being explicitly instructed. Um, those are the two things that Tesla is very good at. And so then we basically just need to design the specialized actuators and sensors that are needed for the robot. People have no idea this is going to be bigger than the car, which to me is kind of crazy to think about. That If this is going to be more revolutionary and more important or whatever than the actual electric car, a mass-produced available car, that's crazy. But it, it'll be cool I if mean, it but, happens. But the, the use cases are... You know, a car is here, and the use cases yeah. for a robot is yeah because you could you get don't, it to do whatever you want. I mean, it's true. I mean, look at these people that are programming these multi-million-dollar robots that that spot weld and stuff to pour like a perfect beer. I mean, yeah, the the technology's yeah. <laughs> there if you know the code, but yeah, I, can can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? Probably. Will it be next year? I don't think so. But. I'm I'm happy to be wrong if it turns out that way. So what what would your use case be? Me? For one of these. Vacuum. Vacuuming and cleaning my windows. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think just chores like di- um, cleaning the kitchen, unloading Unload the dishwasher, dishwasher, loading the dishwasher, cleaning the toilets, picking up dog poop in the backyard. <laughs> well, yeah. Pet like, butler, you're out of business. No doubt. And hmm. I, I haven't I don't even use them anymore. Oh. I said that or like being able to do lawn uh, lawn care and stuff. No, like, I gotta do my lawn care. I mean, yeah, but like I'm I'm okay if it helped. I'm not. It could throw mulch for me. Yeah, it's like yeah, there we go. Or you know, I need I need six centimeters of mulch right here. Yeah. Tell it to go get your mail or your packages off the porch or. Yeah. Or know. it could just stand outside and wait for Amazon because they come to my house three times a day. Freak them out. <laughs> Hello. I guess it could potentially be like security for your house. Yeah. Could be. They need to design one like Big Hero 6. 
You know they're making a series. Are they? Yeah, it looks uh, awesome. Disney is. I that was that movie needed a sequel. Yes, they're making one. It's gonna be cool. Yep. I hope it happens. I don't think it's gonna happen, but it we'll, it'll we'll happen. No, it'll happen. No, I mean next year. I'm sorry. Right next I, year. Yeah, yes. I think it'll happen. But it, will it happen? Like if it's like super limited production, maybe. I don't think it's like like we're gonna be able to go and and just and just like it's probably gonna be where you got to go get in a queue and stuff just like for the cars or the Cybertruck or the Roadster or whatever, but. When will it be readily available and affordable to the general population? I'm guessing three or four years. How do you finance one of these? I don't know. Do you finance like a car? For, or you just pay it for you 36? Pay, you pay for it monthly. Like, or you just pay 16? like a monthly, You maybe you just lease it. Okay. I don't know. It's interesting. Like we haven't had to think about this stuff before. How do you charge it? Do you plug it into the same charger that your car gets plugged into? I wouldn't think it would need no, that just, much juice. It just plugs into the wall. <laughs> like that. Does it have its special dock? It looks like a toilet and just sits down and charges itself <laughs> to its butt? No, do you guys remember that, that TV show back in the late 80s where the girl was a he – made, he made a robot daughter for his, his son – and, and how did she charge? Uh, she she just would pull a plug out of her ankle and plug it, it into in. the wall. Yeah. Do you guys not remember that? I, I vaguely do. I just don't okay. remember the name of it. But. Hey. Yeah. It might have been in a, like a different dimension or something. Could have been. I don't know. Multiverse. I hope it ha- I mean, I hope I hope I hope we see something next year. I hope heck, I hope we see a prototype next in September and driving a roadster. Like I just want to see what Doing I just want to see this thing actually doing something. Like, I want somebody to be able to give it a command, even if it's a super basic command. Like, I just want to see, like, what their vision of this with yes. their AI already installed on it, their camera technology, all that stuff. Like, I want to see what it can do. Like, Ooh. then I might get excited about Have it. Have that guy throw that metal ball <laughs> at it. See if it uh, dodges it. Or can catch it. So I, <laughs> or I, catch figured, it. I figured out another use case that I would use it for. Okay. Go downstairs and get me a beer. Yeah. Yeah, just give me a or beer. Or make period. me, a, ooh, it can make, make its own cocktail. And it should stir, do it perfect stir, every time. Stir it with its finger. Yeah. So you can, you can just sit at the bar with us and it can be behind the bar making cocktails all night? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Is that worth $20,000, though? <laughs> I mean, for the coolness factor? I mean, oh, yeah, 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 for the coolness factor. Come over to my bar. I got a robot. He makes anything good. <laughs> hey, go clean my gutters. Oh, just climb up the ladder. Do, no, it'd be do like the stuff that's not safe. It'd be like Inspector Gadget. Just go. Yeah. Blades extend. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Be cool. From interestingengineering.com, an office tower with solar skin that can save 77 tons of CO2 each year. So these are renderings. They haven't actually built it yet, right? Um, this is what it's going to look like when it's finished. And you can see. There, there are windows, but then there are also, like, in between those windows, you've got the, the actual solar skin panels. Like, the whole thing is 100%. I mean, because you do have to have some windows, right? right. Um, so this will be on Spencer Street in West Melbourne, Australia, an eight-story building. It will be the country's first tower with a solar skin, marking a watershed moment for the construction industry. Industry, The $40 million office tower will be outfitted with a, a 1,182 solar panels, the thickness of a regular glass uh, facade. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, that's impressive right there. And um, 
and we'll show you on their website here in a minute where there's actually some videos. I don't know if you ever got a chance to watch them. Like you can see them when they're making them. It's pretty cool. Um, and when it's complete, it will provide enough power to meet practically all of the building, building's energy needs with almost no ongoing power costs. It will also be able to achieve carbon neutrality in a few years after serving as a shining example of the prospects of decarbonizing the construction industry. So when I read this article, I didn't see anywhere in here, like if they were doing like a like battery storage to use it. Yeah, for I don't remember. They didn't say overnight because if if they were going for true uh, neutrality, then they'd have to use it at night. Right, but maybe the office building, most office buildings probably aren't used at yeah, night. Yeah, but much, you but still have night lights that run, and, yeah. and people leave their stupid computers on, and yeah, I'm I'm sure they could tie it into storage, but they didn't talk about it in this in this article, and it didn't really talk about it on their site either. Would you say, Matt? Isn't that where there's a huge Tesla? Powerwall. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a there's there's uh, the mega packs. I think Australia. Not? I think Australia has a few of them. I just don't know if it's close to this or not. Oh. I just to the point of you saying, do they have any way for storage? I mean, they. I'm, just, I'm sure they could do it. This didn't. Really, they, it didn't talk. Are about they using it. that? And I don't or? think. And I don't think they do that part. So right. they could be doing that. It just didn't mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Crema Construction is currently building the project. Um, and it was designed by Melbourne-based architect Pete Kennan, and it's scheduled to open next year in the middle of the year. It says the brilliant Scala solar skin system is manufactured by the German company Advances. They use a thin film PV module atop a network that transfers the electric, electrically generated the electricity generated into the building's main power supply. According to the Guardian, it can generate 50 times the energy of a typical rooftop photovoltaic solar array used in residential homes. Uh, Once completed, it will have nearly enough power to meet the whole building's energy needs while saving 77 tons of CO2 each year. And with the addition of roof panels, it will have uh, no external power requirements, um, and it will be able to meet almost 100% of its needs, and it will be carbon neutral in just a few years because of that. Yeah, that's um, it, and it won't rely on offsets because it's being able, it's generating its own power. And I'm assuming, and it didn't say this either, that it, w- it it could feed back excess energy into the grid and get credits so that when it does pull from the grid at night, that it's not having to pay for it. But it didn't get into any of that, unfortunately. Um, it says uh, solar buildings around the world. So in Europe, however, office towers clad in solar panels are not a new thing, for example. An office tower on Miller Street in Manchester, England, is completely covered in solar panels and has been generating energy for years. Uh, on the other side of the world, in sun, a Sunrock project in Taiwan, which plans to build a, uh, a building also covered in solar panels, will be able to generate roughly 1 million kilowatt hours of energy. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, other technologies involving, involving transparent solar panels are at work, which could enable us to generate electricity from windows and offices, homes, cars, sunroofs, and even smartphones. We've talked about that before. Um, and then I wanted to show their website. So this is um, Scala. They're the, they're the manufacturer. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I, these are rendered projects, or maybe, the, I mean, these are cars driving, so maybe these are projects they've already done in other parts of the country. But it looks normal. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell that those were solar generating panels. I um, mean, look like just normal, like some of the 
Just like what a normal, like modern office building would yeah, have, almost just normal facades. Um, but they have some cool stuff. So you know, um, building the solar future without compromises on aesthetics. Talking about the thin, the thin film PV modules that they're working on. One module, endless possibilities. And they talk about the design, the quality, and the efficiency of it, um, and how it's meeting, you know, the German certifications for for ISO and. IEC and UL and all that stuff. Um, and tailored solutions so they can make them in different colors. So here's mm -hmm. all the colors that are available today. And then they talk about the cladding. So this is a skin that's put on outside of like either a concrete or wood or something else. Like this isn't the main structural component of the building, the way I understand it. This is a skin that's put on that structural component. And they actually have a picture of a... Uh, that I believe and later when, on. When I was on their website, I didn't ever notice like you know most most photovoltaic panels after twenty years, twenty five years. Yeah, I didn't see that. Twenty eight I mean, years, they go down in in productivity. Yeah, and most of them drop by twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't say. I didn't see that anywhere on here. So I wonder what the difference is, being that they're they're super thin. I don't know. Because it says they can do the modules only. They can do modules and consulting, or they can do a full turnkey solution uh, and, and with some of these projects. Yeah, so here you can see like a cross section. So you got like your concrete wall. Then there's a thermal barrier, some kind of insulation. Then there's like a mounting grid, and then that skin gets mounted to that. So it itself can't be the structural component. Like, you know, you would have, you know, some high-rise buildings, like the actual skin is the, the structural component. That's not this in this case. Um, and you can click on each one of these, and there's like a little short video that kind of depicts it. But uh, yeah, so it just it just breaks down like what each of these components is. So you got yeah, you got the the supporting structure of the the skin. You've got the uh, the insulation, and then the actual structural component, which I think this part is like showing like a concrete wall or whatever. Um, so it's a little more involved than you know maybe some other constructions. Then they talk about how, um, you know, yeah, but it'd be worth it. They can the they end, can make though. it different sizes, um, and then here's like a little video of like the production of it, um, and the German facility. Yeah, you can see here like they're pretty thin, almost like a sheet of glass. Yeah, it's going to be amazing once they get this technology. It's pretty cool, because especially if you like put it into window glass right. that'll be like when I mean, we've talked about that like i think we talked about it uh, last episode but um it's pretty cool tech like this with window glass i mean you know we don't there isn't one solution that's going to fix everything it's going to take multiple I mean, solutions think about it you have if you had solar wind and geothermal yeah and this and that then, if every building could generate electricity in some capacity. I mean, because the we've we've talked about this before. The, the microgrids. That's the micro. But but the the United States grid is not built for what we have now. No. no. And it can't support. And that's and and that's been bringing up a lot of things in uh, the EV. All these EVs coming out. Yep. What's it going to what What do we need to do the grid to make <laughs> it be able to support? Yeah. I mean, California has rolling brownouts all the time. Yep. I mean. What are they going to do when all these extra people start buying more and more electric? Yep. But, I mean, they have been for a while, though. 
California's well, been buying EVs way before right. for ten years yeah. now, right? In a sense, but they've always, they've had power problems before that. I think, yeah, what like, and that and that's we've talked about this. Like where we live, we have a our electric rate doesn't vary. It's the same no matter what time you're using it. We don't have a variable electric rate. We don't have off peak hours. Yeah, but they could easily implement that. So if you had an electric vehicle, and you charged off peak, whatever that might be, that you would get a lower rate. Like I would do that. Like that would be easy to do, if we if they gave us a lower rate to do that, but they don't. Yeah. You pay the same no matter what. What if if your if your charger upstairs is plugged in, it charges. Mm-hmm. And well, what it whatever I set my charge rate of the car to, say I which is usually ninety percent. If it's plugged in and it's under that, it will charge that, and then it turns off. So, how? Or do they? I, I mean, but I, I can also schedule it to charge at a specific time or during a. That's what that's time. what I'm getting at. If it's plugged in, it, it's charging. Unless I schedule it. Unless it's scheduled. But yeah. you can you can yeah. say I plugged it in. I can but say I don't on, want it to start only. Till, yeah, I can only. say only charge during these hours. Yep. Okay. Or I can also say I leave at eight thirty in the morning and be charged by then. So it okay. will figure out that calculation and say, okay, okay so I, need, I need to start charging at six. Tech in that charger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I've never well, met. Not the tech? charger. It's in the phone. It's more. Some tech? It's in the phone in the car, not the charger. The charger's pretty stupid. Well, that's what I'm saying. The charger has Wi-Fi connectivity only to talk to other chargers and to update and to and to uh, say, okay, if there's two chargers going at the same time, we're only going to charge at half capacity each. But other than that, like that charger's dumb. Like it doesn't. There's no yeah, really. Like, I can't even see everything. my charger doesn't even connect to my app. I got yeah. I have to go to a its IP its direct login page to do anything with it, which I haven't done since I installed it because I haven't needed to. It it auto updates itself and all that stuff. But but yeah, I mean it's when if you plug it in and you're and you're you have a if you have a scheduled charging like say okay I leave at eight thirty every morning. It will know based on whatever your battery percentage is when it needs to start charging to get you to the. It will pre. It can also say precondition my car, so it will precondition the battery and the interior of the car. If it if you say I'm going to be leaving at eight thirty every morning or whatever time, it'll do all of that. Um, if you want it to. But otherwise, if you plug it in, it just sits idle. It'll have a blue light on it, and then when it which means it's on standby, and then. When, I don't know if it trip it might trickle charge or something. I don't know. I don't think it does. But um cuz my char- my car doesn't lose any battery life when it's sitting in the garage because I don't have anything it doesn't have a sentry on, doesn't have anything else on. Damn. The only thing that might kick on is if the interior temperature gets a was it 105 degrees. Yep. And you have cabin protection turned and on. And you have cabin protection turned on otherwise it won't do anything. So from slash gear, we haven't had anything from them in a while, I don't think. Maybe I don't, maybe ever. I don't remember ever seeing it. So Ford is pushing to remove their electric vehicles from dealerships and just sell direct to the public, kind of like Tesla does. Um, Hold on one second. Go go back to his picture. Yeah. They could have got a better picture. (laughs) Yeah, this is This reminds me of like a WWE wrestling event, (laughs) and he's turning around. About to go to battle. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's on purpose. It's on purpose. It says Ford is planning to remove electric vehicles from dealerships in a relatively major adjustment that could prove to be a good decision for both the company 
and customers. So it's going to suck for the dealers. Um, there's, yeah, but the de- <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to that. Ford's supply of electric vehicles hasn't quite kept up with their demand. No one's has. I mean, anybody making electric vehicles can't keep up with the demand right now. Uh, it's resulting in a situation where traditional dealerships are cashing in on what consumers are willing to pay for the next generation of this, this tech. Instead of allowing the prices of their vehicles to skyrocket before they reach the road, Ford has announced plans to ease some of that tension. They didn't say when this was going to happen, though. I didn't see any timing. Um, it says that they've thrown their weight behind electric vehicle manufacturing over the last few years. Last year, they outlined their strategy, which includes plans to invest $22 billion in electrification over four years. They've also suggested that they're targeting carbon neutrality globally by 2050. And from 2030 onwards, they intend to make all of the passenger cars that manufacturers in Europe, which that's the first time I remember seeing this, electric only. So they're only going to do electric only 2030 on in Europe, not the U.S., which I don't remember that. Um, which, you know, whatever. But in a lead-up to all that, a European passenger vehicle for the all of the European passenger vehicles Ford manufacturers in 2026 and beyond could be zero emissions capable if all goes to plan. Didn't I think, was it 2035, they said, for the U.S.? I know they were, they, there's uh, been, a, every one of them's got different years and timelines, but. Didn't we just watch something after our last podcast, you were showing me some video of Norway, was it? Yeah, I think it was Norway, where they're like 83% electric yeah. vehicles okay. and like 89% when you combine electric and hybrid. But their government enacted regulations and also incentives yeah. so people that would so people would buy electric vehicles too. And, so. and that's probably why Ford specifically is saying like... Could be. In yeah. this country, you know, yeah. they're going to be all EV or low emission or whatever it is. I could see that. Um, because they're pushing those regulations and adoption and incentives a lot more than we are currently. Um, they've currently produced versions of their F-150 and the Ford Mustang um, and electric uh, electric versions of those. And it says they've also hit the commercial market with an all-electric Ford Transit that's now an option, which I didn't see. I, I think we talked about it, but I didn't know it was already when, out. Well, when they did the opening, the opening for the Lightning, they pulled did they, it out. They did talk about that? At the end, um, yeah, I did. Rem- yeah, you're right. I remember a little part of that. Um, so, speaking at an IBM conference here recently, Ford CEO James Farley said, "We've got to go 100% online so that the inventory goes directly to the consumer with 100% remote pickup and delivery. The electric vehicles sold over the internet would also have fixed prices, offering no room for negotiation, but also likely undercutting the amount charged by dealerships." It would also protect consumers from blatant price gouging, according to Farley. In a recent example of exactly that sort of thing, Ford apparently hopes to avoid. A dealership was spotted trying to sell an F-150 Lightning, which has a starting price of $40,000, for almost $150,000. That's just ridiculous. Um, This isn't a one-off. Multiple examples have surfaced of dealerships across the U.S. adding markups approaching $100,000. Um, Ford has also threatened to fine dealerships for taking advantage of the high demand by selling their demonstration vehicles. Uh, Despite the online shift, Farley has no intention of dumping dealerships entirely. In the future, he envisions uh, that they they can do things post-warranty and remix the marketing spend to have better experience. He also said the company is working with dealers on these plans. What they didn't say was any mention of when this might happen. Yeah, because it needs to happen. Because I'm in a, I'm in a lightning group on Facebook, and 
some of the prices that these people are seeing at these dealerships. Well, the problem right? is, is as long as somebody's going to pay it, they're going to charge yeah. it. And people are paying it because they can and they want it. And it just it just makes it inflated for everybody else, it. unfortunately. So how are they going to pivot? I know that's right. If they want to go at 100% online sales. Just for the and, EVs, though. And do 100% remote delivery. Yeah. Some kind of they yeah, don't the, deliver. Like, yeah, they're gonna have to have some kind of delivery service. Yeah, they either contracted or they start their own. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be but like even Tesla doesn't do remote delivery. Yeah, they do. Just not mm, just not around here. They do, but that's not their business model. That's why they have delivery right. centers. But Elon did say that they're trying to increase their remote delivery because, like in Ohio, they can only have four. Yeah. They can only have four delivery centers. So if you don't want to go to one, if you're outside of so many miles of that delivery center, they will bring it to you. Hmm. At least that's the way I understand it today. Now, whether so, that changes. What if what if Ford or one of these companies just partner with Carvana and they just right. deliver it yeah. for them? Yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, I'm sure you're, they're going to charge you a delivery fee. Well, yeah. <laughs> a destination fee, whatever you want to call it, right? Well, hopefully it's not $100,000. Well, exactly. It's going to be way better than what the dealerships are trying yeah. to do to people. So I mean, just It's the, just ridiculous that they can even get away with that. It, like, there, there should be a law against price gouging something that much. Like, I understand a markup for yeah. demand, but come on, hundred grand. Yeah, but look at, look at house that's prices. Like a, that's look like, at house prices right now. I mean, what is that, 300%? Well, yeah, that's crazy too. I mean, people are paying it though. Well, like, as long as somebody is willing to buy it, they will charge it. That's they will charge that price. That's I, the problem. I backed out when they added twenty grand to the. Was that the dealership that did that? No, that Just was the price of the Ford because website. of the model that you wanted. Well, what when they when they announced it, the model I wanted was going to be the pretty much the same price as my truck was when I bought it new. Yeah, or leased it. And then I built it out exactly like it was when they finally let me build it, and it was twenty grand over top of what I paid for my other one. And I'm like, it's just not worth it. I mean, the the very base F one fifty Lightning is like forty. Yeah. So if you figured the base model with no frills and, and whistles yeah, or anything, plat, rubber rubber floor mats, no right. carpet. And if you figure yours, what XLT? Yeah, it's a fully loaded XLT. So there, there was. I mean, you had to expect there was going to be a premium over the forty grand. Yeah, I know yeah, it's more than not, what you paid, but it's it's you're paying a premium because it's new vehicle, it's new tech. Yeah, it, mean, it eventually come down. It will once they get the production numbers up. I hope because I want I want electric truck too. I just I don't want not paying a hundred grand for one. <laughs> no, I don't need the same. Things that I have in my Tesla now in a truck. I just want something to be able to haul stuff with. And Get a Maverick. I, I don't want to get. I'm not buying. I'll never buy another gas vehicle. No, no I thought the Mavericks were hybrids or or EVs. Yeah, they have a hybrid. And they're they're, they're not an EV. They don't they, have an EV version yet. They will. I'm sure they will. Yeah. I mm. saw one. I mean, I'd really day. like to have a Rivian, but it's seventy grand for the cheapest Rivian. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll just put my sell your Tesla. Maybe I'll just put my hundred dollar reservation in for the Cybertruck, and I'll get one in a couple of years couple years yeah they're not even going to make them until next year and you already have like hundreds of thousands of people who have reservations you, you, it'll be it'll be 2029 before the cyber truck comes out I don't know what i don't think so you shut your mouth <laughs> 
from DeLorean.com. So they recently announced the new DeLorean, the Alpha 5. And the DeLorean name, it, it almost seems like they're going to make several vehicles, but the Alpha 5 is going to be the first one. And it's like the throwback to the original DeLorean. This thing looks sexy. Yes. The I mean, these... I'm assuming these are all renders because they, I haven't they had there was no video of an actual vehicle in 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 the announcement or the press releases or anything. I'm pretty sure on their web page it says renders somewhere. Yeah, I think it has to be. And I wish they would put like a little caption on this to say, but even so, like they're gonna have a physical one at this Pebble Beach thing in August. I think is what they said. Yeah, and you can buy tickets. So I'm I wonder if that'll be a fully functioning concept or if it's just like uh the shell, shell. like kind of like they did with the uh the uh the one semi um where they pushed it down the hill oh, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't rivian or not rivian uh it wasn't lord it was a lordstown no because they were doing the truck um but uh it, man it looks so good so it's um a new energy mobility brand the alpha 5 is going to be the first model here's uh I mean, there's a ton of different... It uh, almost uh, reminds me of like a, a DB7. Or yeah. It reminds me of the Lucid Air. Yes, yeah. the Lucid. Yes, it does look like the Lucid Just a lot. with a really Is long... that like a cold air induction scoop like on the front of it or something? Like why would they need that? It, I guess, you know, but it, it looks cool. It might be for aerodynamics yeah, too. Yeah, it be aero. It, it cool. did have a pretty small drag coefficient. Yeah, if it pulls um, air in there and keeps it pushed down to the ground. Yeah, so the Alpha... The alpha Set two, 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 Alpha three, and Alpha four, and then this will be the Alpha five. Which there isn't anything on, like there's no they haven't they haven't shown anything for any of the other ones yet. Which is weird. Like you think this would have been the Alpha, right, and not the Alpha five. So what are these other ones going to be, right? Because um, they really haven't shown. But man, that shot right there, that is so awesome. Um, so Alpha five launch edition. There's a ton of different pictures. The lines mm. on this thing are just, mm. yeah, this looks so oh, cool. Oh, the wheel is open a little bit. Yeah. I didn't scroll through enough. It's almost like a turbine. The only thing that concerns me, it does look like a turbine. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is, like, those are some big doors. They're going to be super heavy. I would just be worried that they would it'd be easy to get to damage them or to break or something to, to go wrong with them. That's in my only But you don't concern. think the original DeLorean doors were really heavy? But they weren't as big. Because that was only a two-seater. Yeah, and you only had a tiny window about this big. Yeah. (laughs) But there was dual shocks on these. Um, So 0 to 88 in 4.3 to 5 seconds, which is pretty. That's pretty fast. Uh, 0 to 60. These are all estimated, 2.99. 155 top speed, 300-plus miles of range, 100-plus kilowatt-hour battery, and a drag coefficient of 0.23. That's pretty good, right? What is the the Model 3? It's in the twos as well, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I don't recall the exact, but yeah, I mean, because you got the you got the dual pistons. I mean, that door has to be heavy. I, as long as they as long as they make it, you know, um, it's good quality and and, and it's gonna, it's going to withstand opening several thousand times. Then I, I guess it'll be fine. But it's a, such a cool. I mean, they even if they didn't do the Gullwing doors, this would have been a sexy car, um, regardless. But I just wondered, like, are these are these windows going to open? Because if you look at the angle here, yeah. like, how is that? How I don't even think that's possible. And that's the reason why the, the original DeLorean only opened part way because there's nowhere for the glass to go because of the way it was angled. Mm-hmm. So is this one? You know, maybe this is just the top glass and the side glass will go down, which is I think 
is what we'll see. But we haven't, there wasn't any details on that yet. Yeah, but it looks super cool. Um, yeah, it kind of has like that Corvette rear engine or, you know, rear engine supercar feel to it as well. Yeah, they're already selling merch, guys. <clears throat> and then here's more details, just more more renderings. I wanted to show the uh, interior. Um, there's some cool interior shots. Yeah. So you got. I don't uh, even know why they put. I like. I just. It. I wish that Tesla would do the dual displays for all cars. I would just love to have if it's even if it was just super small, just the speedometer, just the, your speed and the lane, like you know, similar to list. Like I just wish they would do that. But understand why? There's they don't, no reason but, why. What's in the Model S can't be in the 3 and the Y. I agree. But why? Exactly. They're just trying to save a buck. Um, yeah. It looks like, I mean, because they made that door big enough to where you only had one single door for the rear and the front, yeah, but look, which is why look, it's so look at huge. The, look at the three inches that you have for your <laughs> legs right there. Yeah, it does look kind of concerning, doesn't it? I know the render like it, I hope it looks this good in, in in reality. Here's the concept sketches of it. Um, I mean, it just looks super slick. Can't wait to see it in person. So it says the Alpha will premiere at the Pebble Beach Concourse De Elegance Award Ramp on August 18th, and the concept lawn on August 21st. Please visit the link below to experience the all new DeLorean. So I'm assuming we're gonna get to see it. In the flesh. Now, whether it's a fully working model is yet to be seen. Oh, is this like a car show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge oh, car show. Yeah. How much does it cost? Well, for one, you got to fly to California or wherever Pebble Beach is. It's in California, right? $425. Yeah, but there's some very, very expensive cars out there. Like the the very rare Ferrari and Rolls Royce, and it's not necessarily always new stuff. I mean, so it's not new stuff. Del, Del Monte Forest, California. When when this when this actually comes out, what I hope to see a Back to the Future new movie. It'd be cool. It would be cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. It's a super cool looking car. From APNews.com, President Biden orders emergency steps to boost U.S. solar production. So last podcast, we were talking about the tariff being investigated. So there was some uh, allegations that China was trying to negate or bypass the tariffs that are in place for them importing solar products into the U.S., by going through other countries first. So there's a whole big investigation going on about that. And we talked about that article. And then what's happening is that's either delaying or causing cancellations and causing a lot of headaches for projects in the U.S. that require those solar panels and the other solar parts. So this week, um, Biden uh, ordered an emergency uh, measures. You know, this was Monday. Today's Friday the, the 6th. This was Monday. Today's Friday the 10th. This was on Monday the 6th, so just a few days ago. He invoked the Defense Protection Act um, and, uh, and some other executive actions amid complaints by, the industry, uh, by industry groups that the solar sector is being slowed by supply chain problems due to the Commerce Department's inquiry into possible trade violations involving Chinese products. 
Um, and it says the, you know, this has been ongoing for months now and they don't really care about the supply chain issues. They're just doing their investigation, um, which, but it's, has a huge impact. And the article we were talking about last week was talking about what 300 and some projects that have either been put on hold or canceled because of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it says the, um, the, uh, the actions aim to increase domestic production of solar panel parts, building installation materials, high-efficiency heat pumps, and other components, including cells used for clean energy-generated fuels. They called the tariff suspension affecting imports from Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Cambodia a bridge measure while other efforts to increase domestic solar power production, even as the administration remains supportive of U.S. trade laws and the Commerce Department's investigation. So the Commerce Department's Secretary Gina... Uh, Raimondo told a Senate panel in May that the solar inquiry is following a process set by law that doesn't allow considerations of climate change, supply chains, or other factors. She said Monday that the remain, she remains committed to upholding our trade law and ensuring American workers have a chance to compete on a living, level pay, playing field. So, I mean, they have to do their due diligence. It's just taking forever, and, yeah. and, it's, impact, and it's impacting American workers while it's happening. So this declaration ensures that American families have access to reliable, clean electricity while also ensuring we have the ability to hold our trade partners accountable, trading partners accountable to their commitments, uh, Ramondo said in the statement. Um, you know, we were talking about this last week. So this, you know, they could be fined or have retroactive tariffs up to 240%, um, which could lead to thousands of layoffs and, and a lot of other canceled projects we were already talking about. Um but in the meantime, they've enacted this so that hopefully it will help out and curtail some of this. It's not going to fix it, but, you know, it will hopefully help in the meantime. So, I mean, they really they need to finish this investigation and finalize it and stop stop these things from, you know, we need to we need to get back to regular regular trade. But they need to make sure this stuff isn't truly coming from China that where it's not supposed to be coming from. And they're trying to bypass the tariffs in the I, first place. I laughed so hard when I read right there. It says the administration cannot stick a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. And the issue to hope it goes away. No. I mean, it. they have to finish the investigation. They have to figure out what, what this what this is impacting and fix it. Um, hopefully, this will help uh, further projects from being canceled and, and, and you know, help, help the – American manufacturers to um, get back on their feet somewhat. But, I mean, we really need this fixed in the long term. But it's hard with all the labor laws and yeah. everything that are in the U United States. I mean, it, it's a good thing because <clears> – <throat> but it's also a bad thing because we can't compete with what China or people overseas do. Yeah, when they have labor that's so cheap. Right. You know, and and it's, it's frustrating because, you know, like – I love I love my Oakley sunglasses. I love, you know, and now it says assembled in the USA, where they used to be made in the USA. And right. it, it's it's frustrating because these certain brands are being bought up by one giant conglomerate, conglom, yep. and they're like, oh, cheapest we can get it, cheapest we can get it. Yep. And then you're just paying for a and, name. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, I did the same thing when I was sourcing – aluminum custom aluminum boxes i had to go to china because i could not afford not yeah, to. nobody was going to pay what you would have had to charge right yeah which was already a lot of money 
Yeah, because you got it for free. <laughs> and it says not everybody is supportive. There's people on both sides, some some that are supportive, some that aren't. Uh, First Solar Inc., a major solar panel manufacturer, said that freezing tariffs would grant unfettered access to China's state-subsidized solar companies for the next two years. Uh, and that using the Defense Protection Act is an ineffective use of taxpayer dollars and falls well short of a durable solar industrial policy. The administration cannot stick a Band-Aid on the issue and hope that it goes away. Samantha Sloan, the company's vice president of policy, said in a statement, the use of executive action comes as Biden's administration's clean energy tax cuts and other major proposals meant to encourage domestic green energy production have stalled in Congress. The Defense Production Act allows the federal government direct manufacturing production for national defense to direct, yeah, for national defense, and it's become a tool used more commonly by presidents in recent years. Um, he invoked this prior uh, this year, earlier this year in April, to produce production of lithium and other minerals used for used to power electric vehicles. Last month, he used it to prioritize boosting the nation's supply of baby formula amid, amid amidst the shortage caused by the safety-related closure of the country's largest formula factory up in Michigan. Uh, John Sue, director of the Center for Biological Diversity's Energy Justice Program, said in a statement that Biden's announcement can give critical momentum to the needed transition to solar energy. We hope the use of this Defense Protection Act is a turning point for the president who must use all of his executive powers to confront the climate emergency head on. So hopefully it eases it a little bit, but along, I mean, uh, in the big picture, they need to figure out this tariff issue and, and get it resolved um, oh, yeah. so that we can get, I mean, what they say, like over 300 and some projects just this year are going to mm-hmm. be impacted. It's crazy. We don't want that happening long term, especially as more people buy electric vehicles. We need more renewable energy and more need, we need more charging infrastructure. I read some other article today, too, where Tesla just just uh, went um, live with their 35th thousandth charger. Hmm. Glo- I mean, globally, they have deployed 35,000 Tesla chargers now. Hmm. And that's handles? Right? Is that yeah. when you say charger chargers, yeah, Indi- individual chargers, not stations, not chargers. Station. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Thirty five thousand. I mean, globally that's not a, probably a huge thing, but Yeah, yeah. not compared to gas stations. Yeah, it, for sure. It was what, fifteen thousand last year? So But I still don't think they're at the level they predicted no, they would be no. at. And because he said he wanted to double it every year, mm-hmm. which they're they're actually going beyond that now. And I think when we talk about you know, earlier this year, maybe late last year, about the way they were producing, where they could make they could they could make the uh, charging like stations the m- module, kind the module of? ones. They can yeah. they they already had them on the base and everything, and they they could already be kind of pre wired, and they just drop them off, and then they just got to hook them to the grid. So hopefully that's going to help. And then, you know, we also we didn't we're not covering in the podcast, but one of the other articles that we were talking like sharing around this week was uh, the plans that were announced for. They want, what did he say, two-thirds of all service to be same day for Teslas. Um, and to have, like, and pretty much they just they, they, they need to drastically grow the service infrastructure and availability, which, you know, more, more people buy cars, that has to happen. So it be interesting to see what plays out there. Oh, sure. Okay, so Tesla has... Um, it says uh, 1,500 
or 1,200 supercharger stations in the United States. Stations? Stations. Is that individual plugs or just stations? Just like stations. Like full, okay. Which so, could be anywhere from four to, I don't know, what's the biggest Twelve. Twelve. Or some mountains. Some in the California are bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. Nevada is bigger. So, so I pulled up gas stations in the United States, oh, yeah. and there's 145,000. <laughs> One on every corner, man. But that was just the Tesla charging network. Cause, right. I mean, you how many does Electrify America have in the I U.S. Don't know. now? Hold on. I mean, of ChargePoint, Electrify America, Tesla, whatever, 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 that still doesn't equal up to. Yeah, search, gas search stations. how many electric vehicle chargers are in the U.S. Maybe that'll give you, like, the total. I know it's probably still less than 50,000 total chargers, I bet. And then you're counting all kinds of different levels, too. So it says in 2021, there was about 108,000 public charge ports in the United States. This is nearly one port for every gas station in the United States. One port. Okay. One port. That's not. T- that's which more is, than I thought. Which is estimated to 100, 111,000 to 150,000. So. That's more than I thought. So that's not, I mean. It's, yeah. yeah, but but some of these networks, I mean, like, you know, we've seen the studies where people go to Electrify America and they just don't work. Yeah. Or, yeah. or other off-brand charge stations that. Are being maintained. Yeah, they, they or can't Or they're just get, so slow that yeah. it's no, no use even trying to use it. Right. Unless you're going to be parked there overnight or something. Yeah. Well, we, we need the investment. We'll get there, hopefully. I mean, BP did say that they were getting out of fossil fuels and re- and going strictly 100% renewables. So right. maybe that includes charging infrastructure. Are, are they going to change their name? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, they don't really use the oil anymore. They just use, well, I mean, it still British says British Petroleum. petroleum yeah. So, yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe what, would they, what could they change the P to? British... The power, British power, British power. I guess there could be an alternative. Last up for episode forty-seven, we have from Toyota. They are working with their woven plant, and they have developed a new prototype hydrogen cartridge. It says that the so. I didn't know that they had a, this subsidiary. This Woven Plant Holdings is a subsidiary. They develop a working prototype of its portable hydrogen cartridge. The cartridge design will facilitate the everyday transport and supply of hydrogen energy to power a broad range of daily life applications in and outside of the home. Toyota and Woven will conduct a proof-of-concept trial in various places, including Woven City, a human-centered smart city of the future currently being constructed in Susono City, Shizuoka Prefecture. That is like woven. A human centered. Human Not to be confused with something. I, what else would it be besides human centered? <laughs> it says that they are studying a number of viable pathways to carbon neutrality and consider hydrogen to be a promising solution. It has significant advantages like zero carbon dioxide emitted when it's used. Furthermore, hydrogen is produced using renewable energy sources such as wind, solar, geothermal, and biomass can also eliminate CO2 emissions during the production process. Uh, It can be used to generate electricity on fuel cell systems and can also be used as a combustion fuel. Together with the E 
Neos Corporation, which I didn't say who that was. They are working to build a comprehensive hydrogen-based supply chain aimed at expediting and simplifying production, transport, and daily usage. These trials will focus on meeting the energy needs of Woven City residents and those living in its surrounding communities. So is Toyota just trying to develop their own hydrogen supply chain so that they can, like, you know, you leverage that in the future for, for whatever? I mean, it's, it seems... Sounds like it to me. Like, I I get the use cases, like, where you can't provide electricity easily or build electrical, electrical infrastructure. This would definitely come into play, like, natural disasters or if you need something short-term, construction sites, things like that. Like, I see that the viability of this is there. I just, like, they didn't really get into a whole lot of the safety side of it. Um, and I don't know because I haven't really researched hydrogen enough. But it says the benefits of using the hydrogen cartridges, portable, affordable, and convenient, make it possible to bring it to where people live, work, and play without the use of pipes. Um, Swappable for easy replacement and quick recharging. Volume flexibility allows for a broad variety of daily use applications. Small-scale infrastructure can meet energy needs in remote and non-electrified areas and swiftly be dispatched in case of a disaster. So that Enos, yeah, it says it aims to be Asia's leading integrated energy company, expanding throughout the globe. So they have uh, lubricating oils and all kinds of other different products. So are they traditionally like were they a fossil fuel based energy company? And now they're transitioning, or they've always been hydrogen? Or does it say? I don't know. Hold on. So uh, before this particular episode, I was saying. I, I feel like there had to have been a time back in the day because, for me, I feel like propane tanks have always been around. Yeah. There had to have been a time we didn't have propane tanks. Yeah. And someone was like, you're going to be able to go to whatever hardware store. The corner gas and station. And get a, a, a tank of propane, put it in your car, and take it home and hook it up to a grill. Hmm. And then... Now you use propane as your fuel and not charcoal. Mm-hmm. Like people had to like have lost their minds back <laughs> in the day to think of like this tank of propane yeah. pressurized that you're going to just have on your back deck. Like yeah. there had to be people like, next to that sounds house. dangerous. <laughs> like what if it blows up? Like, right. oh my, how often do you really hear of propane accidents? Yeah. Well, and I, and that's my, that's my thing is how, What's the comparison to propane to hydrogen for as far as safety goes? Like, is it equivalent, better, worse? Like, I don't know. Is it is it you know more combustible, more flammable? Does it need to be under a higher pressure? Like, I I don't know. Yeah, but and they didn't really get into that. Which yeah. the, and, and if it, if the containers are built correctly, then it, I guess that really doesn't matter either. Because depending yeah. on the application, it doesn't need to be super high pressure. No, but you pull it out, drop it. You know, it's like. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever shot a propane tank? No. And awesome. are they going to have to add? Are they going to have to add a scent to it like they do with natural gas so that you know it's leaking? I mean, because it isn't. It isn't going to hurt you to breathe it, but if something's leaking, like is you know you don't want it to explode or or if you have a spark or an open flame or something. But I don't know. Can, can we pick a different scent besides whatever they have natural the gas laced with? <laughs> what, what should it be? I don't know, but... Oh, 
God. Um, mm. I, uh, I, I, I vote for Patrulli because I hate Patrulli. So if I smell Patrulli, I will find where it's coming from and make sure it's eliminated. <laughs> I, I, would, I would agree with you. You agree? That's, that's one of the reasons I won't, I, I don't like going to the Renaissance Fair anymore. Had a patchouli uh, issue. No, they have. I don't ever remember that. All of them, every one of them. I don't know, it just doesn't smell good to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a boomer. <laughs> um, today, most hydrogen is generated from fossil fuels and used for industrial purposes, such as fertilizer production and petroleum refining. To use hydrogen as an energy source in our homes and daily life, the technology must meet different safety standards and be adjusted to new environments. In the future, we expect it to be gener- It'll be generated with very low carbon emissions. And used in a wide variety of applications. The Japanese government is working on a range of studies to promote and safely and promote the safe early adoption of hydrogen. And Toyota is and its business partners are excited to offer cooperation and support. So uh, hydrogen is one of the lightest gases in the entire universe. Mm. One liter of this gas weighs only 90 micrograms. Oh, wow. So it's under normal ac- uh, uh, ac- atmosphere atmospheric pressure. Sorry, yeah. I had a little stroke right there. <sighs> so, uh, which means that it is eleven times lighter than the air we breathe. Crazy. But I wonder what it is once you pressurize it. Says so their goal is to make it commonplace and making a clean form of energy safe, convenient, and affordable. By establishing the underlying supply chain, we hope to facilitate the flow of, lar- of a larger volume of hydrogen and, f- and fuel more applications. Woven City will explore and test an array of energy applications using hydrogen cartridges, including mobility, household applications, and many future possibilities we have yet to imagine. Together with inventors and those living within and around Woven City, we will continue to advance mobility over time and constantly develop more practical applications for hydrogen cartridges. You do not want to know how much pressure is in one side of those tanks. How do you know? Because Google... How does Google know? Like, what? what's the application? Uh, for combustion. What is it? Uh, 10,000 PSI. Now, my, when I was big and into paint. What's a propane but, tank? I don't know. I'll look it up here in a second. But when I was in doing paintball a lot, I had the, the high-end uh, paintball tanks and mine that tank held three three thousand psi that was just air pressure though, right? that was just air pressure but still it's any pressurized it PSI don't matter is psi, psi right? is psi yeah. you know but ten thousand psi that seems like a lot right a lot uh yeah a i mean i mean because lot? think think about think about your hydraulic systems on your big excavators and stuff you're only talking three thousand psi it says the, uh, portable, the portable hydrogen cartridge prototype will be showcased at Super Tie EQ Series 2022 Round 2 at Fuji Speedway from June 3rd to the 5th this year. Oh, I just, I just so passed. that just happened, yeah. I just had it. Our showcase is geared Dang towards it. teaching people about how hydrogen energy works and helping them imagine the countless ways hydrogen can become a useful part of their daily lives. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's safe, I mean, it has, it's going to have its applications. I just, I don't know enough about that. And 10,000 PSI sounds... Scary to me. Uh, propane tank is 100 to 200. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's, but I mean, I guess if it, like, and, and I guess what's the combustibility versus propane? Like, what what kind of spark? I mean, is it just any, like, little match is going to set it off? Or 
Um, well, I mean, you, you, you. I mean, does it have to be under pressure no, to ignite? No, because if you see those, like those guys that make them homemade ones, yeah, where it it electrifies and has a bubbler that comes over to another bubbler, and they just kind of lose and then, lighter, and then lighter. he just lights it, and it's like pop, 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 yeah. pop. I don't know. So, I mean, for <clears throat> homemade what? You have not seen all homemade the hydrogen. all the people doing homemade hydrogen to power lawnmowers and other things. No. Yeah. And if I guess I don't know. I guess That's if it's cool, we we know how safe. Like we are all used to the, the like you said, propane and the safety of it, and you rarely hear about things happening, which I'm sure they do. We and, just unless don't hear like about it all the time. Meth, meth makers that are blowing <laughs> themselves up. But if let's just say even. If they make the container safe, the delivery system safe, the things that you're putting this in safe, some things they're like, I wouldn't think anything would need to be 10,000 psi, depending on how it's ran. Right? And it might not be in these in these car situations. Right. Doesn't but, Honda but have it, a? Let's full? just say, let's just say that it's ten times more dangerous than propane. Is that acceptable? Maybe depending on the use case. But what if it's a hundred times more dangerous than propane? Then I'm like, eh. yeah, but but the National Highway and Traffic Safety would not let. That's, that what, happened. that's what and, I'm thinking. And Honda has a hydrogen only in, in California. I wouldn't think it would need to be under that kind of pressure, right. though, would it? But I don't uh, know. Maybe. Is it the Toyota like Aria or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, something like and that. And then you're issued a hydrogen card. To yeah. be able to get it? To, to be able to get it. At you have to be licensed? Like, you have to no. take a safety course? <laughs> no. When you, buy, when you lease the car, you get the hydrogen card. To be able to buy it, mm-hmm. why do you need the card? There's a, only select stations yeah. that have the hydrogen. It's a specialized connector to the car. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. I'm all for whatever we need to do to get off of fossil fuels. Is if this is a viable solution, but I think the traditional renewables like solar, wind, and geothermal and hydro are way farther along and probably safer because we've had. Decades, if not, you know, hundred years to develop some of them. So, we'll see. So, not saying that we haven't done work on hydrogen. I mean, I know there has been, but so the storage tank in in a car is uh, seventy. Uh, was it micropascals? M MPA. That's the pressure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what that is on as far as psi. So that's seventy MPA. I don't think that's a lot. I wouldn't think it would need to be a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, it was micro micro pascal. I was right. Uh, pounds of force per square inch. So a com, a conversion from micro pascal to psi is ten thousand one hundred fifty two point six. PSI? Yes. So it's that's still a lot then. Yes. Yeah. I mean, consider but, uh, but, uh, propane even, is... even even though that that seems like a high number for the pressure. What's the combustibility versus like a propane right. or natural gas? That's like even if it's that high of a pressure, if it leaks and it's not as combustible, then okay, then maybe it's fine. It just leaks out and then no harm done. Well, that's how propane is. Right. But I mean, but if you if if you have a lighter next to a propane tank, It'll catch fire. It's not going to explode, right? Right. Well, it might not even catch fire. 
It depends yeah. on how bad it's leaking. Right. That's 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 what I mean. That's I, what I want to know is like, what's the comparison to like other I, gases? I hit a three quarter inch <clears throat> natural gas line with a pickaxe, and it was leaking. the The dude got out of the the truck when they came, mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette with two hammers in his hand because it was <laughs> it was it was copper line because yeah. they were switching over to the plastic. Mm-hmm. It was literally six inches deep, so it was not at the depth it should have been. And he got out, smoking a cigarette, got down the hole, beat the ends or beat the end with a hammer, folded it over and beat it, and said, "We'll be back to fix it later." <laughs> and I, we're looking at him like smoking a cigarette the whole time. Okay, so here and hitting it with a hammer. So gonna... so here's here's the thing, the. The amount of pressure that was coming out of that was probably was not enough with the air air natural air pressure. That's the thing with natural gas is like you have to fill it up. You have to have volume. You have to have volumetric a volumetric amount of it to right to be able to ignite. Now, if you hit like Fight Club when if it filled up for days and days. If you hit a four inch main, yeah, that would the friction of the gas coming out will cause it. Will will cause it to catch on fire. Yeah, and but even then, it's not like super. It's not going to explode. It's just going to no. It just be <sighs> like a lit. Yeah, yeah. But if it's coming right to your face when you're sitting in the right. elevator, it's. But if you fill something with it right. and then you ignite it, it's going to explode because it has yes. to, the gas is going to expand and then. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I would like to learn more about the viability and the safety safety around I, it compared to other things that we use every day. If if gas keeps going as it is, I might start building my own hydrogen generator, <laughs> generator. for my gas for my gas my lawnmower. Yeah, I get you. I get you. All righty. Thank you for joining us for episode forty seven. We greatly appreciate it. Check out DVDB Show for all of the links. Thank you for listening. If you're listening to the audio version, if you do want to see the video version, please check out our YouTube channel. For that, we would greatly appreciate it. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace.